first of all, if you're not measuring, you need to uh, put your pen down and work out how to to measure. Um... Hey gang, welcome back to the mashup. I hope everybody's had a really good week and you're well and truly on the way to hitting those quarter one goals because quarter one's over. And we're about to plow into quarter two of the year, well, quarter four for the financial year. So you should be getting really close to hitting those goals. Um, We're going to do a bit of a a session on setting and measuring your goals on the podcast next week as well. But today, today I'm stoked because we've got a really cool guest for you. Um, And this is somebody that uh, I've known for quite a number of years and have worked with and really across the work that she does. And it's fabulous. So... We've even we've discussed podcasting before, um, Lana and I. But this is the first chance that we've actually had to get on a podcast together. So, Lana Ratapu, welcome okay. to the podcast. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me here, and uh, well done in pronouncing my name. Um, <laughs> And and often I'd say, you know, if, if people are wondering where I'm from, um, they're absolutely right. I'm not Australian. Um, I am from New Zealand. And uh, you pronounce my name really well. Thanks, Simon. Oh, thanks. That's um, I'm I'm in in complete transparency. I did ask you at the start of the show how to do it, but um, I, I'm glad <laughs> I managed, I'm glad I managed to get it right. Um, so again, Lana's a business coach. Um, and she's been doing this very successfully for quite a number of years. And so I'm really, really excited to hear some of the things that Lana's got for us today. They're definitely going to help in terms of looking at your broader overall business, but particularly, you know, where and how marketing fits into that. But before we kick that off, I think it's always really nice to get a bit of the backstory on, on who we're chatting to. It's a little bit more engaging. So, Lana, give us the five-minute story on what brought you to this point in your career. Uh, the five-minute the five story, that's always a Maybe bit six. of a challenge. Yeah, um, I think there were some key, you know, there were some critical points, I guess, like most of us um, in my past that found me in this space of, of business coaching Um advising and mentoring people um, and I think there was you know one of those critical places was my parents um, like often most of us um, my parents both uh, ran their own businesses and what I saw was they went really really hard um, you know my dad at the age of 13 lost his dad and he ended up having mm-hmm. to support his family of, of six. So he became the man of the family very quickly and he was on the tools working until almost the day that he he died at the age of 64. Um, and my mum ran her own business and um, and she worked incredibly hard in bringing up the three of us kids. What I saw was that they had nothing to show for it at the end of it. And uh, so I think that created some competitive uh, added to my competitive nature anyway, which was like, this is not the way that my life is going to be. So I was quite driven for it not to turn out that way. Um, and the, and the, the other critical areas, I guess, was I spent, have spent a lot of my career running and managing other people's businesses. So, um, you know, I was, was blessed to be able to be paid to, to learn how to run a business effectively Um, and one of those businesses was um, working as the general manager of a um, an action coach firm which is really where I got the um, Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, where I got my a lot of my training around the business coaching aspect. However, I was always really interested in in people and human behaviour and um, why some people were um, highly successful and achieved everything they set out to achieve. And others really struggled with the day-to-day things. Um, and so I had this natural curiosity around it. And, you know, a lot of my friends had told me, you know, you, you should really become a business coach. You should really do that. And so at um, one point in my career, um, we merged with another um, coaching firm and, you know, I was, I was told, you need to become a business coach. So I jumped. And so it was back, it was 2008 when I was in the coaching industry and then 2012, I think it was, when I started coaching and then 2014, I was out on my own and um, have really loved every moment since. Um, And I think there was, you know, there was one other uh, critical part in deciding that I really wanted to be a coach um, and that was my first client and that, and um, She'd entered into this really difficult part nine debt agreement some time ago because she'd had an autistic son and and she worked she got herself into a, a a terrible situation, but she'd managed to get herself out. Like she was this incredibly hard worker, mm-hmm. and she'd accumulated um, enough money for a deposit for the house, but no financial institutions would look at her. Mm-hmm. And so I worked with her and played a you know a a big part in getting her to the point to be able to get her into her her home and the the I don't know there was something in it that just made me go yeah I, I want to keep creating um, the opportunity for people to experience mm-hmm. these types of shifts in their lives yeah right so this yeah. is really really personal for you isn't it like it's it's not just something that you kind of came across and went oh business coaching sounds like a really cool thing like this is yeah. really personal yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like I'm, that. I'm on a mission to help you know business owners to build a business and a life that they love. Like both, not just one. It's not just about business because you know you've got to enjoy the life. You've got to love the life that you've got. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that's I think that's awesome, and and it's really critical because as business owners, it can be so difficult sometimes to separate our business and our work from our life. And when those lines become blurry, you know, for the people around us, that can be really difficult. You know, if, if yeah. family's not involved in the business and it's all you talk about and all you think about, then it's really easy for them to kind of feel a bit on the outer or a little bit isolated. Um, and so I think it's really important that you love what you do, but also that your business gives you a life that you love for for your family, for the people around you. That's what's really important, right? That's where the juice in life comes from. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where the juice comes from. And that's the point of having a business. I'm sure that some people would say that, you know, the reason they're in their business is because they, because they, they love it. And there are definitely people like that, that if they had the choice, they would still continue doing what they're doing. But I think Mm. for the vast majority of people, if, if they, if they were told, look, you can get, you know, all the benefits, even double what it is that you're taking from your business right now um, Mm. and stop, what would the choice be? Most people would go and choose to go and do what they really want to do. And it's like, and take the money versus Mm. staying doing what they're doing now. Um, and you know, for, for most of us, we need to to work to support the lifestyle that we want mm. uh, to service. You know, to, to support the lifestyle really. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So most of us, we have to we have to do that and to find a way to connect 
uh, and get the joy from your business um, and feel inspired by your business. Yeah, and fulfilled, um, all those great things. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, And so it must be a good feeling to know that the work that you do not only helps create that for yourself, but for other people too. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah, I love it. Um, Okay, so this is a marketing podcast. Let's get back to it. Um, So so for those of you out there listening, Lana and I, as I said, we've known each other for a while. We do like a chat. Um, So you guys can just kind of be there and just be part of our conversation. Um, So over the years... Try and keep it on. Uh, <laughs> we'll keep it know, on track. Focus. Yep. Yeah, we will. Um, so over the years, you will have seen and spoken to a lot of different business owners in a lot of different industries about their businesses generally. Tell me, in the overall context of owning and running and growing a business, how much focus do owners need to place on marketing? So like, where does it sit in the hierarchy of what's important overall? Mm, interesting, uh, interesting question. I think the the one way that I looked at this, um, Simon, was it, it really depends on where the business is in their business cycle. So I'm so I'm taking from the perspective of you know how important is it for a business to to focus on marketing um, in terms of running and growing. So I think there's sort of a couple of parts to this. The first part is it really depends on where they are in the business cycle. So for example, startups. They need to be spending 100%, almost 100% of their time marketing, right? But for, of course, for businesses that have been operating um, for a while, which is predominantly the types of business I I work with, uh, they are established businesses, um, they really need to be focusing at least 50-50% of their time on sales and marketing and the other 50% on operational um, delivery. Mm. And the, the challenge is that... I see this time and time again is business owners or businesses get stuck in the operational delivery and they do sales and marketing as almost as an afterthought. Mm. Um, in fact, it can feel like when a sale come in, comes in or a, a, an opportunity um, or a lead comes in, I should say, and it feels like a bit of a hassle, like, oh, God, I've got to go and do the quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but hang on a minute, I just paid money to get the lead um, and that's what I need, but I need to go and, you know, install the thing. I need to go and deliver the, the service. So um, it can be a bit of a, a challenge in, in being able to manage those two things. So mm. if you've got an existing business, you need to be spending 50 50% of your time on sales and marketing and the other 50% on delivery. Now, how do you do that when you're the only person in the in the business or maybe it's two or three of you? Um, and one of the ways that you can do it is just, just look at how you've got your ideal week set up. Where are you allocating your time to make sure that all of the functions in your business are being um, looked after? So um, you have to keep your eye on the ball when it comes to marketing. Yeah, and yeah. because if you don't, the cost of that is when you've got you know winter hits in business, and it gets tough a bit like what we've just been through, and some businesses mm. are still experiencing now. Yeah. The pipeline is 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 dry. In fact, I was speaking yeah. to um, uh, a business owner last night, and pre COVID they were turning over well over a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Post COVID, it looks like you know there's a few zeros less than that now. Wow. Um, and 
part of the reason for that was because there was only one marketing channel. Mm. And what that meant was now they're on the back foot trying to 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 grow these marketing channels. Um, and they're playing catch and up. Yeah. They're playing catch up, right? They're really playing catch up. So I think that's the, the first part. The second part is that um, for any business to truly grow, it it comes from innovation and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want growth on the top line, you've got to be focusing on developing your marketing strategies yeah. and then implementing and testing and measuring all of those fun things that you need to do to make sure where you're investing yeah. your money is the right place. Um, yeah. And that's a process of constant and never-ending improvement that you have to keep looking at it. And if you don't, because you're not allocating the time each week or each fortnight to look at it, then the downstream effect of that is exactly what I've talked about, about this um, business owner whose yeah. business is now in a bit in, in catch-up mode and a bit, in a bit of trouble. So, yeah. um uh- I, yes, sorry, Simon. Yeah, I think, yeah, before we move on, I think you've raised a couple of really important, sorry, um, points there. And the the first one is, as the business, the first one is that delay that happens, right? Because when things are going really well and you've got all those extra zeros on the end and you sort of think, well, we can afford to turn our marketing off or our advertising off, not our marketing, our advertising, that client acquisition bit of it, and you turn it off and then you hold your breath and nothing goes wrong. And you're like, oh, well, this is okay because you've got that momentum and you've got that pipeline and it's three months down the track or six months down the track when all of those leads that were in the pipeline have either converted or they're not going to convert and they've gone away and there's nothing left that suddenly you realize, oh, shit, we can say that. This is an adult podcast, by the way. Um, shit, where, where's my next sale going to come from? And you don't realize that you can turn the advertising back on but that same delay is in place. And now you've got three months or six months mm. potentially before those leads come through, they're nurtured, they're warm, and they start to convert. So so that's one thing is there's that delay that happens. The other thing um, I think the, that, that you raised <clears throat> or maybe you implied is that as the business changes, you can't stop focusing on marketing, but your strategy needs to change. And you know, as a new business, it's all about acquisition. I've got to get more people into my funnel. I've got to get more clients. I've got to generate those leads. And then as you become a little bit more mature, your focus a little bit starts to change on, well, what do I do with those ones I've already got, those leads that I've already got? Mm. Yes, I need to generate more and and build my list and expose my brand to more people. But what about the people I've already exposed my brand to? How do I nurture them? Like how do I Mm -hmm. maximize the return on the money I've already spent? by doing something with those leads that already came in that didn't buy from me yet. So it's not just that you need to keep focusing on marketing. It's that your strategy needs to change on what marketing looks like for your business, depending on exactly where you are. So yeah, um, yeah ex- I, I, I love think hearing you, make- you say that because that reinforces yeah. some of the stuff that we, that we see and that we fully believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's a really, it's a really good point, which is that, you know, you need to get your strategy right first. Um, mm. Some of the, and then you have to follow through with impl- uh, implementation <clears throat> and excuse me, and then review it and do it, do it again. And mm. that is part of the structure of any organization that is wanting, that is wanting to grow. Um, I did some research a little while ago when I, I was running a strategy session for a client um, mm. and I came across this, um, this, great uh, model that talked about, um, you know, the most successful companies in the world 
are those that get the strategy right as well as implementation. Mm. And so strategy without execution is a dream yeah. and execution without strategy is a nightmare. And <laughs> I haven't heard that last I, bit before. That's it's cool. Just, yeah. I know, exactly. Um, and I guess that's to your point that you were saying before, Simon, where, you know, if if the strategy was to start, you know, to work with somebody like yourself and and start delivering business uh, leads into the to the business, but you haven't really thought through the imp- impact of that strategy and the success of that strategy and what that would mean in terms of the requirements from the business to implement mm. um, the systems and needed to, you know, to get the return on that those yeah. leads, then that's exactly what happens. They start turning off the leads and then you've got that lag again um, mm. and that's sort of it's a it's a really you know great point and I was going to talk about this later but um, maybe we touch on this now yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know one of the things that I've and I know I've spoken to you about this before Simon one of the things that can often happen when businesses outsource to um, digital marketers right first of all they somehow sometimes abdicate the responsibility mm-hmm. of getting the results. And, mm. and, and for me, it's, it has to be, there's got to be a partnership. There's got to be a way that um, that collaboration helps in order to get the outcome or the results that the business owner wants. And if we look at the, the flow of how things happen, um, for a, uh, you know, the, the digital marketing agency's responsibility, their, their job is to create lead flow, right? So mm. that's wholly and solely the ad agency responsibility is to ge- generate good quality, predictable leads coming in. Mm. Now, what the lead flow does for a business is it creates workflow, which is great. Fantastic. We've got work coming in. We're getting busy. Fantastic. High-fiving everyone. It's going really well. So we get workflow in. So the purpose of workflow is to to create the last thing, which is cash flow, right, Mm -hmm. which is great, which is exactly what the reason why you start marketing is to be able to produce this cash flow and then eventually profit. Now, the challenge with this, you know, there there were really, when we look at this model from lead flow, workflow to cash flow, is there's really three areas where this can come unstuck. Um, and it's and this is why not every time when you start uh, generating leads does an agency um, end up with a successful campaign. And it's not it, it, it's because of these three areas where there are leaks in the business. So the first one is if we think about look lead flow and workflow, one of the areas where we can come unstuck is is the in-between, it's the sales leaks. So we've got these great leads coming in. You're doing a fabulous job. You know, you've taken the brief, you're working really hard in the back end going, we've got so many leads coming through. Mm. The business is now overwhelmed with, uh, well, the business is going, well, they're not converting. So one of the areas is sales leaks because there's not a good Mm. sales process. Maybe we've got the wrong person in place. Um, Maybe we don't have the right conversational skills, whatever it is, but there's a sales Mm -hmm. leak in the business. Mm -hmm. Now that's not the responsibility of the ad agency. They may have contributed to it and there may be some like, like yourself with the email marketing where you've, Mm. you know, you're doing some, some nurturing, but when it hits a person within the organization, that becomes the company's responsibility. So there's a sales leak. The next leak in the business is sort of between the workflow and the cash flow. And that's something that we call system leaks. Um, and system leaks leaks is really, this is where the client goes, I don't, uh, you know, they start these campaigns 
because there should be some level of capacity or ability to scale up to, to deal with the leads that are coming up. And sometimes the challenge for a business is those system leaks exist. The problem is, is they don't have the processes in place to be able to scale with the, the leads. You know, they're, they're setting themselves up for a disaster and they have to turn off the leads. And this is exactly what you were talking about before. All of the traction and the momentum that has been built, and you know, this is your area of expertise, yeah. <laughs> but you know, how Google deals with it and those sorts of things, yeah. all of a sudden we're on the back foot again. So that's sort of yeah. the, you know, there's the system links. And the last area, which is the rear the area that we're in it, is between cash flow and to actually get the profit. And it's the it's the the profit leaks. And profit yeah. leaks is about not understanding where your profit exists um, and really not getting your strategy right in the very first place. So what you end up doing as a business is you get, even if everything else is okay, sales leaks, we're converting really well, we've yeah. got the team, we can scale because we might have been sitting around twiddling our thumbs for far too long. We've got all this yeah. capacity in our business. <laughs> yeah. um, but then we keep going, oh, God, we're working really hard, but there's yeah. still no bloody money in the bank account. And mm. that's what we call profit leaks. So you know, the question is, when you look at this model, where are the leaks in the business? Because yeah. if they're not plugged and you're doing, as an agency, doing a fabulous job, which, of course, you do and you are, um, that's when you get the, can you just stop, slow down? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's it's just understanding, optimising the whole process um, so that you can scale, so that you can get yeah. the return from the investment you're making at the front end. And the question really for business owners is to say, where are those leaks in my business? What is it mm. that I'm doing well and what areas can I tweak or what are the areas that I'm just missing altogether? Yeah, that's yeah. – Wow, there's so many insights there. I don't even know where to start. Um, that was so, uh, guys. I hope you're taking notes of this. If you're like listening to this podcast in the car, make sure you listen to it again at your desk so you can take some notes because there's like value bombs left, right, and center here. Um, I, I love the way, like from from our point of view as an agency, I love the way you've broken that down into lead flow, workflow, cash flow because yep. we can almost lay over the top of that a responsibilities matrix of sort of you know. Um, Absolutely. Yours, mine, and ours. Yeah. Lead flow agency's responsibility. You're right. We need to work with the client to understand client persona, um, who you help, why you help them, what are yep. your offers. We can help develop that sort of stuff. But ultimately, mm -hmm. that's our responsibility as an agency is to make sure that there's a consistent and predictable flow of leads coming into the business. Workflow, and again, you know, I'm I'm not talking about workflow as in manufacturing in your factory once you get a job. I'm talking about yeah. converting the lead. So from a marketing perspective, workflow is an hours responsibility. We can put in place email nurturing. We can put in place SMS marketing. We can put in place a whole lot of things to keep leads warm and to nurture them. We absolutely yep. need a significant amount of input from the client in terms of what that nurturing is going to look like, their involvement in making sure that they're responding to questions and inquiries and actively reaching out to people with a phone call on a regular basis. Hey, how are you traveling? Are you any closer to, um, to uh, achieving what you want to achieve? And then there's the yours, which is the client responsibility, which is actually closing that deal and turning that into a sale because yes. they're the subject matter expert. It's their product. It's their service. It's their business. It's their bank account. Yep. Take responsibility for that, man. Get the money in the bank, you know. But but I love the way that you've structured yeah. that because it does. It fits really yeah. nicely with, well, whose job is that? 
you know, like there's, there's only so much and, and, you know, there's only so much we can do and there's only so much the client can do. They don't have the expertise to generate the leads the way that we do. So yeah, um, I love the way that that was broken down. Thanks. I think Simon also, you know, it, it, it all also leads back into the first question that we covered mm. off, which is you've got to get the strategy right first. And that strategy, yeah. strategy is a collaboration between both parties so that, you know, you, you know, with your knowledge and experience and with the, the, the owners or the team, you know, companies, um, experience yeah. they know their customers intimately um, and they should be looking at you know where are the most profitable areas um, in their business pro- profitable products or services um, you know where do we have the level of expertise where do we have the resources where do we know that when we get these leads in that we we get it right and that those new clients or new prospects coming in get the same level of consistent yeah. extraordinary experience that they can expect every single time. So there's so many things to look at when it comes to strategy, but you get the strategy right and then you understand when you look at the bigger picture of making sure, am I shutting off the system, the sales leaks, the system leaks, and do I have, have I optimised my business? You know, have I, you know, have I optimised my profit margins so that I'm not working really hard and the whole team really busy for just, you know, a um, small amount left over at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then I, I had a really intelligent question, which is, you know, sometimes uncommon. Um, <laughs> They're all intelligent. Uh, oh, so They're what, all. <laughs> you, you mentioned, you know, you talk about getting that strategy right at the start. One of the things that we struggle with sometimes is, is yep. um, taking away that fear from the client, that niching down is a bad thing that, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to really, you know, laser yep. focusing on, on a particular client mm-hmm. persona because that cuts me off from 90% of the market. Um, yeah. But that's a way to create, yeah. like that's a way to get your strategy right, to, to create that really compelling message, to get an offer put together that speaks directly to fear, frustration, goal, mm-hmm. desire of your ideal customer. People get sick of hearing me talk about that. Fears, frustrations, goals, desires, they're mm-hmm. really critical in getting that strategy <laughs> right. And Seth Godin talks yeah, about exactly. Yeah. Um talks Before about forces. the minimum viable market, you know, in niching down to the smallest possible audience mm-hmm. that's viable for you to run a successful mm-hmm. business and just servicing the hell out of those people and then letting them start talking about how great you are and how fabulous you are. So it kind of feels counterintuitive sometimes to say, no, I don't want to talk to a lot of people. I only want to talk to a small group. But that's how you can really start to build a strategy that gets cut through. Um, And the market is so crowded in every industry that unless you've developed a proprietary product, um, Mm -hmm. you're competing against so many other people and you need your messaging to do the hard work for you. So yeah, you're right like putting that work in at the front end yeah. and the, and the business owner or the client or the marketing manager, they mm-hmm. do know their customer better than anyone else. And it's our job to, to tease that information out of them so that we can yep. create those effective mm-hmm. campaigns. Yeah. Um, so then yep. the strategies in place, everything's running. We've got lead flow, workflow, cash flow, measurement and monitoring you talked about. You can't just put something in place and forget about it. You know, what are the, what are the kind of metrics that, yep. Um, business owners should be looking at in order to determine, well, yeah, this is working or no, this is not really working. Not specifically the actual numbers, but what kind of metrics should they be measuring? Yeah, um, it's it's <laughs> yeah. A, first of all, they should be measuring. 
this is <laughs> first of all if you're not measuring you need to uh, put your pen down and work out how to to measure um, you know one of the challenges so I'm, I'm looking at this from from two perspectives one which is from um, uh, a business financial dashboard and you can if you've been in business for a while, it's not it's not anything new. Uh, but I would wonder how many people actually have it in place. And then out of those people that actually have it in place, how many people are actually reviewing their numbers and then doing something with them? Because when we look at our numbers, that's the result of all the activities that we're doing. We're doing. So unless we know what the result is mm. and also what the target was, um, then we can't then look at the activities and adjust those to see if the adjustment on those activities actually adjusts the outcome that we want. So you, the key here is, first yeah. of all, you have to be measuring your metrics. Um, uh, you, miss, you need to be tracking metrics in your business. And, you know, the, the first part is from a business perspective, there's the, the basic metrics of making sure that you're, um, you're tracking your number of leads coming in, what your conversion rate is, of course, the number of transactions that you're doing um, each week or each month, which is, you know, for many businesses, that's about the number of invoices. Um, mm. Also, what your average dollar sale is. And that's going to end up giving you your sales revenue. And then you need to look at what your profit margin is. Um, and that's going to give you, you know, your profit margin that's going to then end up with your profit. So these are probably not new metrics for um, a lot of people listening to this podcast. Um, but if you're not measuring those basics in your, your business, then you need to start there. So that's your leads, um, conversion, um, how many transactions you're getting a month, mm -hmm. what your average dollar sale is. Yeah. That's going to give you your total sales revenue. And then you need to work out what your average yeah. profit margin is to get your profit. Um, so those are the, the you know, mm. and there's a lot, there's so much more, you know, you, you could start, you know, reviewing um, and, and tracking your recovery rate, so your productivity rate of your team. Um, uh, mm. There's, you know, lifetime value. Um, but I think from a marketing perspective, mm. I, you know, that's what I was going to say. Um, you know, when, when you think about why it's really important. Now, I'm sure that most people have heard of the analogy of, you know, running a business without a, a dashboard that tells you, gives you the numbers, that tells you the result of the work that you've been doing, um, can be likened to, you know, <laughs> driving down the freeway, um, maybe it's the autobahn doing 300 kilometres an hour, 250 kilometres an hour, and then the lights go out. And, you know, unless yep. if you keep going, you're going to crash, right? Um, and maybe you've got luck on your side. You can keep going at that speed, but you sort of you start to slow down. Maybe you won't hit anything for a while, but eventually, yeah. eventually, luck is, luck is not a strategy. You hit something. So running your yeah, <laughs> luck is hope, not, hope is a, not strategy. a strategy. I think uh, is what, the same. What's that yeah. saying? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, hope is not a strategy. Um, so it's it is critical, but it is the thing that I find most challenging for business mm. owners to get their head around. Now, it's uh, to get their head around, and mostly because a lot of the reports that we get are not yeah. set up to track this type of information. They're still in disparate types of of um, programs, um, and so it becomes difficult to get 
the information. You know, the profit and loss report sort of tells us a little bit about what's going on, yeah. but mostly that tells us how much we owe the tax man. Um, the balance, the balance sheet is not a current, uh, uh, you know, mm. current report that we want to be looking at, but we do want to look at that. Um, the cash flow forecast can be a bit of a. It, I haven't come across anyone yet, in the entire time I've been working as a as a coach, um, that has had a cash flow forecast done, um, or has not yeah. had a challenge with putting it together. Um, uh, and yet, it's yeah. one of the most cash flow is lifeblood of your business. Critical um, yeah. reports in a business. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so that's the first part. The second part was, you know, around marketing. Now, you would know uh, in terms of, mm. you know, the marketing metrics that need to get measured. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to leave that to you because that's. <laughs> but, but I am going to say that um, one of the areas that I think is critical that is hard for business owners to track um, because usually because they don't allocate the allocate the time because they don't understand the value of it and that is actually tracking not just mm -hmm. it's tracking the lead yeah. source where it's coming from what the conversion mm -hmm. rate is by lead source and what the return on 100%. investment is by lead source yeah so it's going yep. to that next yeah. next level absolutely yep. um, um, I think some of the some of the challenges that we see that's one of them uh, well I guess the big one is even when business owners do measure some of these metrics, at the start, they haven't set down as part of their strategy what success for that metric looks like. So they might measure, this is my conversion rate, but they had no idea what mm -hmm. a good conversion rate was going to be when they started the campaign. Or this is my return on ad spend or my return on investment yeah. or my cost per lead or my conversion rate. Did I say that one? Um but, there, but there's no like there's no benchmark against which to measure that because at the start there was no goals really set and so I think that's critical is is to be really purposeful with well how many leads do we need to get if we're going to convert this number of leads mm. then based on the the cost of our product and the lifetime value of a customer then how much can we afford to spend to acquire a new client to stay profitable in the long term. And so if we don't set that out right at the beginning, then measuring that stuff's great, but we don't know what those numbers really mean. So yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. Keeping yep. all <clears throat> Yeah. And and again, Simon, this this comes back to, you know, what you were saying was, <laughs> yes, yes, you <laughs> need to set up those goals at the yeah. very start so that you can measure against them. Um, and this is, again, what I sometimes see happening is where, uh, the blame goes yeah. back to the the agency, and I want to reinforce it's really yeah. it is it's a collaboration to make this to make this work, and it works best if you're working yeah. in partnership to assess it, and and I and and also understanding that when you're going you know if you're investing money into um, an agency yeah. campaign is that you're thinking about the long term. Yeah, it goes back term. to that that <clears throat> sort of um, delay that we spoke about. You know, there's always a delayed response to things that happen in, in business. So you do, if you're working, well, yes, more so if you're working with an agency because the investment's higher, but even if you're running the campaign yourself, you need to be thinking about, well, you know, how many of these leads are going to convert mm. now and how many am I adding to my database for later on? And um, on that point too, it's really easy to get focused on my immediate return on investment. You know, I want to 10x my investment. Thanks, Grant Cardone, for everybody wanted to 10x everything, um, which, which you can do. But if, if you're focusing on that, then what you're focusing on is how many of these sales can I convert 
right now today and you're forgetting about the long term. And then, and if yeah. you do that, then again, um, the leads and the sales stop coming the minute the advertising spend stops. And when you come to a period like we're going through now and potentially about mm-hmm. to go through, it's your list, the people who you've already built relationships with who already trust you, where the low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. comes from. And so it's really important to not just look That's at, right. well, how can That's I right. 10X my ad return today? But if I get a 2X ad return, but I've added mm-hmm. you know, 100 really good prospects to my list, then I'm I'm protecting myself against you know, anything that goes wrong over the next 12 months potentially. Mm. So um, I think that's a really good point. It's about what's my return now, but what's yep. it going to be in the future as well? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. You've got to nurture those uh, nurture those opportunities as they come in. It's not the it's not yeah. just a measurement on the immediate sale. Um, you, you just, it, and I think that, you know, what we were talking about before is making sure we've got time allocated each week or each fortnight to mm. spend on those activities because it is, it's, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's a law of compounding, yeah. um, which is you have to keep working at, uh, you know, at, at the, at the infancy, you've got to keep nurturing them to eventually you, the aim would be that we've got more of yeah. a, a flood of consistent. Um, hey, I reckon we in. could talk about this stuff for another hour. So I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to get your commitment right at this we point could. to, um, to do another <laughs> one of these sessions with me. Cause this has been really, really good. I would love that. Um, but I'm conscious okay. of time. Um, <laughs> And, and I do, I want to give you the opportunity yep. to tell us, tell us what you're working on at the moment that the people in our audience might be interested in knowing about. Yeah, well, I, I guess um, talking about uh, marketing, it's, it's, it's really relevant at the moment. So mm. from a strategy perspective, um, I've been working one-on-one and I've run, um, as you know, uh, Simon, uh, group Great programs, group programs before as well, but this year it's yeah. This year it's about shifting into into mm-hmm. niching, similar to what you were just talking about before. Um, and so, um, in the by by June, we'll be launching a mastering mm-hmm. your trade services business summit. Um, and the business summit is going to be for business owners and their teams yeah. who want to win at business Love and that. life. Um, and a main reason for that, yeah. We did some research around this, and it was interesting. Um, you know, our target audience was came back and said, I, "I'm interested in hearing mm. about winning at business and life," which was, um, which was interesting because it's it's definitely what I believe. You know, the, a business is a hundred percent dependent on the the owner, whether it's at startup or later. It's a hundred percent dependent on the the owner or the owners, and so. Um, you know, we need to work at us as well as the business. Um, so, yeah, we're looking at launching that in the next um, couple of months. Um, I think the other thing probably uh, is, mm. uh, you know, we've got this business summit coming up yep. too in the, in, in the next few days, which is the Imagine Business Summit on the, on the Central Coast. Um, and we've got some collaboration that's happening with one of the potential large networking groups um, as well. So, you know, part of my role is I'm also mm-hmm. the regional director for the Trusted Advisor Network, and I've got your business realm. So your business, the the Trusted Advisor Network is um, a group of coaches um, and advisors that sit across Australia and New Zealand. So, um, and I've been part of that yeah. for, gosh, since 2014. 
but your business realm is more of a holistic um, uh, support platform for SMEs. So we're looking at developing that further out to provide, um, to make it easier for SMEs to manage some of the, the tools that they need to just make get the best return yeah, on awesome. the work that they've already done. A simple example of that is, you know, they've got these great job management softwares, uh, pieces of software, yeah. um, but they're not actually doing something to nurture that to nurture that funnel. Mm. And often it's because they don't have the time, um, the inclination and what they're really good at is their, is their craft. They're great at servicing their clients. But, you know, uh, marketing sales is not yeah. their um, expertise and they'd rather have somebody to come in and either yeah. help them out uh, or do it for them. So, yeah, there's lots, lots of things on the horizon. It's yeah, a really it exciting uh, time right now. <laughs> Uh, so when we connect next time, yeah, I'll be able to be give cool. you an update exactly where we are with those, particularly those two things, your business realm and the, the, um, uh, and, the uh, and so if people want to follow along, if services. people want to follow that on socials, where do they find you? Yep. Um, the best place mm-hmm. to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I'm predominantly on LinkedIn. Reach out Lana Ratapu. Uh, R-A-T-A-P-U oh, oh, interesting oh, yeah, Ratapu translates into because it is Ra is day and Tapu is sacred oh, so it like actually it. translates into Sunday which would be a cool name as well um, <laughs> for anybody who's interested in, in following along we'll make sure that Lana's LinkedIn profile is in the show notes so that you can just click through and follow that um, Lana it's been it's everything that I thought it was going to be. I've been so looking forward to having you on the show and it's been fabulous. So much value um, for me as well as for everybody listening. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll take you up on that and we will definitely do part two at some point. Lana, thank you very much for being on the mashup. Thank you very much, Simon. Thanks for having me on here. It's been a pleasure and lots of fun. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to come in any other time. And enjoyed this show don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode if you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals find us at orbitmarketing.com.au themarketingmashup.com.au instagram at orbit underscore marketing facebook at orbit marketing oz that's orbit marketing oz also youtube linkedin and now on tiktok